It's Jess from Milk Stains and Meltdowns. Welcome to my podcast, Spilled Milk. I am spilling the milk with Jess Tatu today, and I am beyond excited for you to hear this story. It's not only going to inspire you, but it'll make you laugh. It might make you cry, but you will you will end this podcast just motivated to be your best self and to put yourself first and to go for your goals and to reach for the stars, like truly just believe in yourself and the, the advice and the stories that I took from this interview are something I'm going to carry with me for the rest of my life. I'm so honored that Jess took the time to talk with me and to inspire me and just everything she does every day to inspire others and to make others feel good and happy and find purpose in their pain is just it's, I mean, I'm lost for words. I even had to write down questions for this interview because I was speechless. I, she is such an amazing presence, such a huge personality, but like, and so driven. She's just, it's, it's hard not to be intimidated by her, but it's, there's literally no reason because she's just the most kind and Oh, I just love her. So anyway, I hope you enjoy this um, this interview as much as I enjoyed talking to her. I hope you take so much from this and you go from here and turn your pain into purpose. And anyway, stay latched because it can only get better. I'm super excited. So I have, I've taken a few, like I've done, done a little, Love that you did notes. <laughs> and, um, but we, like we kind of met just on Instagram, right? I think that Absolutely. you, yeah. How did, so how did, I think you found me or I think so. I don't even know right exactly. Gala, I remember it was right before the world shut down. <laughs> That's right. It was the week. So the, I spoke with Jillian Harris in Calgary the week before the shutdown yes. and you were going to, you were going to come. I was trying to get you tickets, I think. Totally. And you couldn't yes. come or something like that, but yeah. I'll care. That, yeah. I, I think that's how it worked out. We just like um, met on Instagram. I don't know. It's so yeah, funny. Into each other's DMs. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's so funny, but I, so I can't funny. remember someone shared you and then Someone must have shared you, and then I started following. And I mean, you have the same name as me, so yeah. obviously I was, you know, interested. And then <laughs> it was your like spilled milk Mondays that got me like I was like, really that is cool. awesome. Thanks, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, I love it. I love being a space for people to just feel comfortable. Like so many people have such incredible stories, and like just like you, obviously, mm-hmm. but like, and you would never know that just through looking at Instagram, and it makes them who they are, you know. So yeah. Absolutely. And there's so much shame around people's feeling that they can't share their stories. And so one thing, one thing I always speak about, and I've actually more publicly been, I changed actually when I spoke in Calgary, I had my speech written for like weeks and weeks and the night before I couldn't sleep. And I woke up in the middle of the night and changed my whole ending of my speech because all I kept thinking about was this women come to this event. They hear me share my whole story and I'm very, very raw about it all. And then they line up, they line up to meet me and, and they're hiding their faces and whispering to me what's going on in their life and keeping it from the people that they're there with that say that they're their best friends. And for me, that was just such a, you're sitting there, you're taking pictures saying like besties, best night out, girls night, you know, 
but your best friend has no idea what's going on in your world and you're telling a complete stranger. And so I try to really encourage people to like reach out to your sisters and talk to each other and like dig a little. If your friend seems off, don't get mad at her. Ask her what's wrong, you know? I love that. It's so true. Yes. Everybody has something. And it's crazy because when I'm on stage and I've been doing it for so long now, I can see it in people's eyes. Like when I'm looking around, I can pick it out. I'm like, that person has addictions in their life. I'm like that person like is got yeah. there's an abuse or something like I can just see it in their faces you can and see it when they connect with you right like yeah it's like a, I can it's see the tears connection. I see the tears I see them hide their face you know yeah. they, don't, they don't want the, sh- the shame of their group knowing and that's what I've that's always been my purpose is to a help people but b to help break that shame because I'm successful because of all of the things that I went yes. through not not despite it Exactly. And so how did you stay positive through it all? Like you have such a wonderful, like such a story of loss and hardship and like getting knocked down and you've come above it all like tenfold. (laughs) So honestly, I mean, I've had those dark moments. I like absolutely many, many times. The problem that I was having back, you know, when it was it all piled up when I lost my dad, my best friend and my stepmom all in like such a short period of time. Yeah. I, I was in this dark place and I recognized that no one was getting me out of it except for me. No one was there to help me really. I mean, people cared of course, but no one was going to lift me out of that. I, I was on my own and if I didn't want to feel like that anymore. And I oh. kind of retrained my brain to see the light in every situation and to try to turn it into a positive in some way. And because I've been able to do that, it's taught me more. And so that more I do it, the better it feels. So for example, yeah. my dad, I don't know how much you want to get into my story, but my dad, yeah. but my dad was an alcoholic. So my, it's a long story, but my dad was an alcoholic and um, we were very, very close. We lost our house when I was 15 years old. Uh, so I moved to Saskatoon by myself at 15, uh, registered back in high school, got a job, lied and said I was 18. Nobody knew I was living on my own. Nobody knew I was like basically, you know, full adult at 15. Yep. Full on uh, adult at 15. I, I really thought that people, there was like, I don't know if it was because of TV. I really thought that like child services would come in and take me or some, something. Yep. <laughs> if people knew I was on my own. That I don't think would happen, but I... <laughs> I lied to everybody and said I was 18 so that I could get an apartment and a job. And, uh, and then I finished high school, but I was also taking care of my dad at that time. Like he didn't live with me, but I was paying financially for him because he was struggling so bad off and on. And, um, my dad ended up passing away from his addiction. So he froze to death walking home from a, a pub one night that was really cold about six years ago. And up um, until that point, I felt like I'd been through all of these crazy things in my world. And then that happened. And I just felt like I was in a successful position in my life. I created this beautiful life. All of my businesses were really successful. And I felt like right back where I was when I was 15 years old. And, um, I couldn't, I couldn't understand why, like I changed my life. Why is this happening? And I felt like I couldn't escape it. And so then I realized for whatever reason that, I'm in control of how I respond to it. I can't respond. I can't change what happened, but I can change how I respond to it. And so I started to think about how can I turn this devastation into something positive? And so I started doing things that felt good in his honor. So I started, uh, he froze stuff because he wasn't wearing a winter jacket. It was like minus 50 in Saskatchewan, oh, beautiful Saskatchewan goodness. winter. And, uh, 
I started collecting winter jackets and winter boots and winter gear and started donating it to the shelters. That's amazing. And bags and bags and bags of these clothes. And I went there personally and saw these men like digging through the bags. Like guys were coming inside with no shoes on and putting boots on. And it was just so devastating, but also heartwarming because I knew that wouldn't have happened. That moment, I had this moment where I'm looking at 26 garbage bags of winter gear, helping this shelter and all these people digging through these bags. And I said, if my dad hadn't died the way he did, I wouldn't be standing here and I wouldn't be doing this, what I'm doing right now and helping these people. And then I continued to do things. Like I started a foundation for addictions to help put people through private facility treatment uh, because my my dad went through public facility treatment so often, um, which now statistically you have like less than 3% chance or something like that to succeed through private or through public and in Saskatchewan anyway. And so my dad believed he wasn't treatable. Whereas had he gone to a private facility that actually focused on mental health and finding the root of the problem and the pain that he filled with addiction, uh, we would have maybe been able to save him. And so now my goal is to try to do that for other people. And because my dad died the way he did and taught me everything that he did, I now am helping these other people. And it's a direct connection. So I see all the positives yeah that I've done from this negative thing and it just rewired it rewired my brain to not think so devastatingly I guess I don't know if that's word about my dad's death and instead focus on like all the good things that we got to do from it and so of course I'm still sad at the way he died and all of that is devastating but I look at all the beautiful things we've done from it and you can't help but feel good and that's that's how I've rewired my brain And I love that you've always taken your pain and turned it into purpose. And I just think that's so inspiring. Like so many people, you know, turn inwards and get so like dark and they don't, they can't. And I did. Yeah, I did. I did that. I, I couldn't get out of bed. There's, there were days where I couldn't get out of bed. And I was like, what's the point? I've I've done all these things. I've stood on stages across the country. I've won awards. What, what's the point? I can't escape it. I felt like no matter how hard I tried this devastation of addictions that was in my family just continued to follow me, follow you know? Me. And I, uh, so when like to go back on my story, so I left my small yeah. town when I was 15, my dad was an addict. I ended up going to high school, finishing high school, going to college. And I met a guy, uh, got married, had a baby and he started to struggle with addictions and extreme oh. addictions. And very, very, very violent. Uh, the relationship became very, very violent. And there was a lot of abuse there. And when I think back to that, it's like watching someone else's story because I am not like people that have met me, they're like, there's no way that girl was in an abusive relationship. Cause yeah. I'm like a pretty tough girl. Like I, I don't take crap from anybody, but it's not like that. It's not no. like it is in the movies. It was slow manipulation, slow control, uh, financial control and yes. like mental abuse, emotional abuse. And I finally, uh, and you know, got out of that moment and yeah, I'm so it proud was of really hard to leave, but I did. And I got away and was a single mom and, um, and that was addictions again. So I was just like, yeah. I can't escape it. And, you know, for a girl who grew up around it, I thought I'd see all the red flags, but I, it was normal to me. Yeah. And that's what no one ever taught me that it was normal. What I saw happening were things that I thought every girl de- deals with in a relationship because yes. I grew up, I grew up with it. Totally. And so 
that, and then my brother, my little brother struggled with addictions from the loss of my dad. And so I refused to lose another loved, you know, loved one. My son yeah. now was without his dad. I, without my dad. So we put my brother through private facility treatment amazing. and uh, he is clean and sober and doing well. And that's it, amazing. Oh, that's so it, inspiring. It's such a, a good, it's finally a good turnout. It just took us years of learning about, you know, addictions and mental health. And um, yeah, he's done so well and I'm so proud that's of awesome. him and we're really I'm close. I'm so, so proud of him. That's amazing. Yeah. Is that who you are with? Like your nephew and your, all, yeah. All, all the, the time. time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's so awesome. I love my, it. My brother does uh, geophysics, so he travels all over. And so when they're gone, uh, or when he's gone to work, his wife and little guy were staying with us, which that's amazing. When, when they left, like, it was like losing my own child. Like I am yeah. obsessed with my nephew. I am Oh, he is the sweetest You're boy. You're so good with him. What do you what do you say? Teens or toddlers are harder? <laughs> oh, teens, 100%. <laughs> I have a, I have a 12 year old girl, a 16 year old boy and a 19 year old boy. Yeah. Oh my God. I would take, three, I, I would take triplets. <laughs> your, your, twi- your teens make oh me laugh God. so much. Like the dishes and the, the leaving the cupboards open and oh, like, I swear they do it just to drive their mother crazy. And oh, they are sure such they good. Do. I had a lady message me, you know, there's always those trolls that are like, you need to take control of your kids better. And oh. she writes this big thing. And I'm thinking like, lady, my kids are really good kids. They're very responsible. I mean, my oldest son has, has two jobs. I don't know what just happened. Here you go. Are you back? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, my oldest son has two jobs. They're super responsible. They do good and do well in school. And it just, they're kids. They're also they're, teenagers. Right. Like, like they're going to do stuff like that. Like leave them covers open I always say to them like I was living on my own and working and going to school and like providing and you can't pick up your towel after a shower like come on sorry what is happening like you know and same bloodline right you're like I birthed you like I know you can do this and I and they can but like they it's just like mine I don't know it's just yeah but they they also know they're such good kids but they they also know that their mom is is there you know so like well, you're gonna do it <laughs> but I, I won't do it that's the oh, thing good so for I, you I will shut the wi-fi off and then they just come up from the basement like they're <laughs> they're rising I, <laughs> yeah. like as soon as the wi-fi's off my husband and I'll just sit there and wait and like all of a sudden their heads peek up the stairs like did somebody turn off the wi-fi I'm like yeah clean yeah. up your mouth but, I love uh, that I also like you left a big uh, you left a big mess they're like no no I didn't I'm like, oh my God, look around. You did. I didn't do this. Oh, so I, that's why I like videoed it. I videoed it and shared it. I was like, I loved I'm, it. I shouldn't shame them, I guess, but like, <laughs> no, it, it was kind of it's funny. It's fun. So. It's fun in games yeah. and it's like very fun. I just love it. Cause like it we grew up, I grew up in a house of three girls, but like same kind of stuff, just drops all of our stuff at the <sighs> front door. And like, it just, it kind of brought me back. Like it made me feel, and then yeah. I also texted my mom and I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. so sorry. <laughs> That's what I said to my mom. I'm like, Oh my God, mom, she, she just is like laughs. And my, my daughter is at that age where like, 
she's 12 so she's like hormonal and if she gets mad she like stomp 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 and slams yeah. the door and I'm just like oh my god the amount of times it's I did that happening. to my mom like yeah I'm just like mom I'm so sorry like I, here I thought I was like such a good kid and I'm like oh totally. my god now I know like why my mom felt like she was losing her mind I love it yeah. um your daughter must love like everything you do does she just she, she's really funny but you know it's it's funny because she looks like a cross between my husband and my sister which is hilarious my sister's daughter <laughs> looks like me and my daughter looks like my sister which is so oh, funny. I love that but oh my god she has my personality so I said to her she was probably six and I said to her Elia do you think like someday you're gonna take over mommy's spa and she's like yeah. eating ice cream she's sitting there eating ice cream and she's like mm, no I'm gonna open my own spa and it's gonna be way better than yours and she like keeps eating and I was like okay that okay. is my daughter yeah <laughs> like, you're like I won't tell you you're not gonna do it but yeah and then my, my husband my husband laughs he's like yeah you plant potatoes you get potatoes Jess <laughs> like, so she's just she is just me like spitting him so she started her own little business with her best friend selling scrunchies that they buy from China and stickers that they make from double-sided tape and printer paper. Yeah. And they sell these like stickers and scrunchies. And I'm like, oh my God, kid, you're so like, that's exactly how I was at that age. So totally. She's a part of a lot of the things I do. She definitely um, gets a say. Like I ask her opinion all the time. Like when we're doing the, the new jewelry line, which is my newest piece, which yeah. I see wear all the time, by the way. Thank Every you. day. It's like, I love it. So uh, I let her help and that's she's awesome. helped pick the pieces and- and then the lip gloss and like the whole cosmetic yeah. line, she, she helps name them. And that's um, amazing. Yeah. She's, how, she's so, really fun. So, yeah. So you started with the spas and like, how did it, it turn into your own makeup line, your own skincare line? And then like iconic Betty, which I just love. So my, the story of how my business became successful is pretty crazy. Actually, yeah. I had every, I had everything against me. I was a single mom. I had no money. I had nothing. There was like five employees that worked at this little spa. It was an orange, purple, and green spa. I'll have to send you the picture sometime. Oh my gosh. It was so ugly. so <laughs> ugly. I shouldn't say that because it's like my baby, but it was really ugly when but I first was, bought it. Anyway. Yeah. And the owner said to me, like, I've never seen someone have heart for this industry like you before. I've never seen somebody love the clients the way that you do you should buy this from me someday. And it was like instant in my mind. I'm like, that's what I'm doing for my future. It was just, it felt right because yeah. the, the spa world was so opposite of any life I'd lived. It was calm and it was quiet and it was tranquil. I didn't know oh. calm and quiet and tranquil. I knew chaos, yeah. dysfunction, abuse, verbal abuse. I didn't understand this world of like quiet relaxation. And so it was yeah. just a dream, a dream for me. And so I felt at home. And I loved that I get to make people feel good all day. I get to help people. So the owner wanted just under half a million dollars for the business. And the wow. bank was like, it's worth a hundred thousand dollars, maybe. <laughs> and, uh, and so she said to me, I said like, well, I'm a single mom. Like I don't have any money. I don't have any family to go to. Like yeah. my dad was basically like had nothing. He was on social, um, like welfare, social services. And so, um, she's like, okay, well, I'll make you a deal. Uh, I will finance you. Basically, I'm wow. going to let you you buy the business. You own the business. June 21st, 2007. I took okay. possession of the business. I had four years to pay her off. So every dollar that the business made had to continue to go back to her until the loan was paid off. So she was basically wow. loan, loaning me money. However, yeah. 
on paper, it wasn't possible to pay that much money. It wasn't making enough to even come close to paying that off. Wow. So th- th- when I bought the business, it was making the sales, the sales, not the profit, the sales were $262,000 in the entire year. And it wasn't possible to make, it was making maybe 30 grand in a year. Yeah. And so it wasn't possible to make like 400 grand or $360,000, which is what I owed her, still owed her. And uh, so I just really, I remember sitting and thinking about it and saying to myself, what do I have to lose? I'm never going back to women's shelters. I'm never going back. I'm not in an abusive relationship. Yeah. My dad is alive. My dad is like, everybody is okay what's the worst that can happen? It doesn't work. I'm still not going to be in a shelter. I'm still not going to be 15 on yeah. a bus. And yeah. so um, people are like, well, weren't you terrified? I'm like, no, terrified is a little girl sitting at a women's shelter or 15 years old on a bus with $26 in your bank account. Not, sorry, yeah. not even in your bank account, in your backpack and yeah. having nowhere to go and no idea what you're going to do with your life. That's fear. To me, this was just an opportunity. And yeah. it was just, again, a, I different love that. Way, a different way to look at it. And most people would see the fear, but I, I wanted to live a different life so badly that I just I felt like I had nothing to lose. I knew that yeah. it was never, even if it didn't work, it wasn't, I wasn't going back to shelters. I wasn't going back to abusive exactly. relationships. So I poured my heart and soul into that business. I worked seven days a week. I took every position on, like I did the website. I did the cleaning. I did all reception seven days a week. I was the only receptionist. Um, I, I did some services. I expanded our staff significantly, brought in like double the amount of staff. I renovated with paint and like as much as I could do with like a yeah. couple times painted. Um, and so I had four years to pair off. So I started going to every event and keep in mind, I had really bad social anxiety. So I couldn't even order pizza. Did which, you really? Oh, so bad to the point where my mom and my sister still to this day cannot believe that I stand on stage and talk to people because I couldn't order pizza. I would have panic that's attacks. Amazing. Wow, Jess, that's a huge thing to like huge. overcome as well. Like, look at you. And it, was, it was working at the spa and having that comfortable, safe zone. Yeah. And learning to communicate with clients, like being nice to them. They were so sweet back and it, it opened me up. It learned, it was a safe place for me to learn my social skills. But I, my mom oh. said she would have bet millions of dollars that I would never have got up in front of a single group of people, let alone hundreds of times. That's and, amazing. Um, so I had really bad social anxiety, but I forced myself to go to these events and like hand out my business card and shake hands and tell people like, I'm the new owner now. Like it's a new ownership, new ownership. And um, over the time that I knew I was going to buy the business until I bought it, I wrote down everything. So I wrote down every customer that was like scorned, upset, disappointed. And I yeah. phoned them and I, and I said, please come back. I'm new owner. I will give you a free service in simply in exchange for like a positive review or you share with your friends that it's a new owner. So I did all of these things. I donated to everything. I, I, um, traded gift cards with radio stations and advertising companies because I had no money. So I was like, I'll give you $10,000 in gift cards to give away to whoever, uh, in exchange for like $2,000 radio. And they were like, yeah, okay. Everybody That's amazing. And it was the relationships I made at those events. So So, I did all of that stuff. But I, I didn't know that at the time. I wasn't a yeah. great student in high school. I just was like, I had to get creative, right? And so I just was like, I'm going to give it my all and throw everything I have into changing my life. And I was a single mom at that time. So my dad, crazy enough, the world was on my side, happened to be sober for a little bit of time and like, wow. really sober. And he watched my son. So I didn't pay daycare. And he lived right close to my spa. So I could like go run over there, see him, um, and then go back to work and work crazy hours. And Wow. Uh, 
opened seven days a week, did all these wild, crazy things. And um, yeah. it's funny to look back on them all. I see them show up once in like newspaper articles and stuff. And uh, <laughs> so I had four years to pay off the owner and I paid her off in nine months. Oh my goodness. So I took, I took our sales from $262,000 to 1.2 million my very first year. It was wild and crazy and I made no profit from it because I took all of that money and put it back into the business, but it became successful. I immediately renovated and planned to open my second location, which again, everybody told me not to do, Yeah, but I was stupid for doing it. Like, aren't you scared? You're going to ruin everything you built, you know, the same old. Yeah. And I just wanted it. I knew I could do something. I knew I could do something big with it. I just knew I could. And then I I started Leah Reese Canada, my beauty line. Yeah. Again, because I was tired of being the middleman, I wanted to like cut out the middleman. So I create it, I make it, um, we do the production and then we direct sale it. So you make all the in-between instead of like oh Taylor in between. That's amazing. So that's how Leary started. And then when I opened my sex, so when I opened, The second one, yeah, I decided. Oh, am I frozen? Yeah, it's okay now. Okay, it's clear. It seems clear on my side. Okay, I don't know. I can still see you. Okay, good. Um, um, so I made a goal after when I opened the first one, and then in five years I would open my second location. So four years in like eight months or something, I opened my second. The day I opened there with a bottle of wine and like a a cheers to my staff, and I said, "In five years, we're opening a third. Uh, We opened it up in three years." Amazing. And that's, that's why I talk so much about goal writing and like yes. looking at it constantly because I had a five-year goal, but I hit it at three years because I was on it every day or every week. Totally. And then when I opened my third, I made a goal. Okay. Well, I did the last one in three years. I want to open another one in three years instead of five. And I opened it in one year. Of and so, course you did. That's amazing. So continued to expand. And, um, and then Leah Reese has been doing so well. It's just, I mean, we have retailers all over and I, I truly love it. We, I created it to give back to the community. Every single piece of every, like whether it's the lip gloss, the cosmetics, the skincare line, the body products, we donate so much across Canada because it's just so important to me to go back to those programs that like helped me. The shelters totally. that were like so devastating to me back then are, are such an important part of my life. So uh, and then Iconic Betty, I started in the pandemic yes. because when you're as crazy as I am, you yeah. started a business in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> like, you only see it I as a challenge, that. you're like, I'm going to tackle it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Awesome. And I just, I, I don't do well in stagnant situations. I need to stay busy. I love to create and I love to give back. And what I noticed during this pandemic is how badly it affected my mental health. Yeah. And it hit me so hard and I wasn't expecting that. Totally. I've been through, I've been through hell and back in my life and in my career with, you know, I've lost so many people in my life and, yeah, and this hit me and I just couldn't understand it. Why a pandemic would be what affected my mental health. So yeah. I created the line to donate back to the Canadian mental health association. So that's what oh, a portion really? of every piece goes to. Yeah. I didn't know that about Iconic yeah. Betty. And yeah. how did you come up with the name for Icon? Who's Betty? It's my grandma. Your so grandma? actually, she's not really my, like, I mean, she, she's my grandma, but she, yeah. we have no, we have no blood relation. Okay. So it's my mom's best friend when they were young, her mom. Okay. And so she adopted us. 
Yeah. And her, her and her husband. And we've been her grandkids ever since. And I don't know any different. She's always been my grandma. Yeah. She, she, she was the one who gave me the happiest memories when I was a kid, when things were really bad in my house with my parents and the addictions and the fighting and their divorce and all of that. She was like our fun place to go. And oh. she had this pink jewelry box that I used to spend hours playing with and really? like hours and hours. And she taught me about makeup. I would sit and watch her put makeup on. She always had her nails done. Like she introduced me to the beauty world and the jewelry world. And so she really is the inspiration behind a lot of the things I do. I but love that. I came up with the line and I came up with the uh, pieces and the, the charity yeah. before I could come up with the name. And weirdly enough, a friend of mine from back home, my hometown, bought my grandma's house, her old house. And he's like, oh. I said to him, would you be willing to give me like a tour? Cause they renovated it. And totally. he gave me, a, a, his wife gave me a virtual tour and I had a flashback to sitting on the floor with her jewelry box. And I was like, I have to name it Betty. I have to. And that was oh it. That's, her, that's where it came from. And so I phoned I her that. and the logo is kind of similar to her. She, she designed the logo with me. Did and, she? Uh, it's similar to her signature. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's she awesome, just, Jess. She just loves it. And so a lot of the names, they're either iconic women. Yes. But they're like, you know, famous iconic women like Audrey Hepburn or whoever. But they're also some of her best friends and people that were iconic in her life and in mine. Oh, cool. That is mm -hmm. so cool. Yeah, she awesome. loves it. And it just makes me so happy when, to see how yeah. happy it makes her. It just makes her day, so... And I, yeah, I just love it. I love, do you have like, um, like a creative process that you go through to like, yeah. yeah. So for this one, for example, it hasn't launched yet, but it's brand new. So I basically scour the internet and other like photos of celebrities from, you know, old, different eras and I like things. And then I screenshot photos of different things and then I'll send yeah. them to my manufacturer and my designer. And I'll say, can you make something like this? But I want like three chains or put these two pieces together and come up with something similar. And then we design like the length and the style of the chain and then the coins. And then they make me samples. Like for this one, for example, they sent four different samples of this yeah. exact style, different lengths, different styles, different coins. But I love this little bar. I yeah, can I so, can. Uh, that I thought that was super unique. So this is the one I went with. So then That's now awesome. it's just, it's in production. Yeah. That I really so like cool. them and it's fun and it lets me like use my creative side of my brain and yeah. Um, and it gives back, which is super important to me. Which and is so, so important. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. So the, yeah. I mean, what is like the one, so you have a mentor program as well. And yeah. like, I, I love that. And I definitely want to talk more about that, um, with you because I'm just so inspired by you. And like, what is, what is like one piece of advice that you carry with you that like, you kind of like have used over and over again? Do you have one piece of advice? I have lots, but I would say the one thing I try to remind everybody, because we all, and I'm sure you can relate to this, but we all are so, whether we want to admit it or not, are so scared of judgment. Yes. We, we make decisions based on what we feel like people are going to, how people are going to respond. Totally. Um, and my dad taught me this when I was really young and it's something that stuck with me forever. And it took me a long time to fully understand it, but now I live and swear by it. People okay. are going to judge you no matter what you do. Yes. No matter what. So you could choose A and they will judge you. You choose B and they will judge you. So you have to do what's best for you. Every time, every time, um, 
I lived in a low income house growing up. <clears throat> we drove a car that was like, had no muffler that all my friends called the chopper because it sounded like a helicopter. Um, we, I wore hand-me-down clothes. I didn't own anything that was new. Everything was from people in town. And I remember saying to myself, someday I'm not going to be judged. I'm going to wear nice clothes. I'm going to live yeah. in a beautiful house and I'm going to drive a nice car. And I worked so hard to get to that position where I thought I wouldn't be judged anymore. Judged. And let me tell you, I now wear nice clothes because I love shopping because I can't help it. Yeah. I, love it. I stand on stage, so I buy nice outfits. I live in a million dollar home and I drive yeah. a Mercedes Benz and I'm more judged now for the clothes I wear, the house I live in, and the car that I drive than I was back then. You can't win. People are going to judge you no matter what you do. And honestly, they don't really care that much. And I I learned that by the same people that judged me so hard are the same people now that say, I am so proud of you. Right? And I often say, are you like, do you have any idea how awful you were to me growing up? Yeah. And that's when it clicked me. I didn't matter that much back then. They didn't totally. actually care. I was just another conversation. And so I just taught myself that like, people are going to judge you anyway. So I love you might that. as well just do what you're going to do for you because someone else will take your place in a heartbeat if they yes. could. Oh, and I so love I, that. I'm, I'm judged so much now and I just don't care anymore. Oh, I know I who I am. I had I've, so many times in my career, I've had people be like, oh yeah. And actually I had a guy recently write it publicly on a thing saying, oh yeah, spoiled little daddy's girl. Uh, her dad's given her everything her entire life. This person doesn't know me, obviously. Obviously. Because, like, and it's almost funny because yeah. like, no, my, I was a daddy's girl, but in no way, the way that you think, like in yeah. absolutely no way was he financially yeah. taking care of me. Yeah. And you know, 10 years ago, I would have been like, you don't know anything about me. Like, how dare you? You don't understand that my dad is blah, blah, blah. And I took care of my dad. And now I just was like something like that. And Good I just left you. it. Because I, I don't care because yeah. he's so wrong. And I'm so confident in who I am now. I just yeah. don't care anymore. And it won't, it, he doesn't care about me either. He's going to forget about me two seconds later and talk about somebody else. Totally. Oh, I love that. That is the best piece of advice. I got to get to a point where I just you don't will. care. You're I young. So. When I was your yeah. age, I felt the same way. I've said that to you before. I said, yeah. you, you know, you're in a, a crossroads in your life right now. And yes. I, I was there. And if I could go back and tell my younger self, I would say, trust your gut because your gut will lead you the right direction. And your story is just beginning. Oh, thank you. And the other piece of advice that I would give you is when you're at a, at a crossroads, this is yes. how I, this is how I decided. This is how I decided to leave uh, my ex-husband. This is how I decided to make the decisions I make in my career. You're at two crossroads. Which one has hope? Oh, I love that. It's such a, it's such a simple concept. This direction, staying with my ex-husband, I felt hopeless. I felt like yeah. life was going to be like that no matter what. There was no escape. This direction might be scary and it might not turn out, but there's at least hope there. But there's hope. And and so that's, I always just say like, well, which way do I have, like, which way has hope? And that's oh, the direction I, I, I love go. that because that's how I kind of, yeah, that's how I decided to leave. I was like, which one gives me like, like something else, you know, something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you can't be your, I always say it might not be their fault. They might be on paper, perfect for somebody else. But yes. when you can't, um, when you aren't your best self with someone, 
that's like your first sign. It doesn't matter how they treat you or who they are to you. If you aren't the best you. Yeah. Like I was, I was not my best self. I was miserable. Yeah. He, exactly. he was also awful and all of these things in my mind, but, but I wasn't even, I wasn't my best self because I was miserable. And instead of looking so much at your partner, I look at how I, how I react, how I am, how I feel. And that's yes. what you have to trust. If I'm not yeah. my best self with this person, they're not for me. They're not for me. And I think that even goes with your friends. Like you said at the beginning of this, like how, if I can't tell my friends, my deepest, darkest moments in my life, why Mm -hmm. are we friends? Like friends, you know, like that's when they move, they should move to an acquaintance, but they're not in your tight circle. You know, I would rather have a couple of really close people that genuinely are there for me that I can trust. Yeah. um, Then having 25 friends that really would throw you to the wolves. Totally. I love that. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for those pieces of advice. I'm going to definitely take those with me. (laughs) It's just, it's just lessons I've learned and it took a lot of heartache and a lot of like falling down to get there. It took a lot of fit, a lot of failure. Yeah. I've had, I've had people say like, well, I can never do that. Cause like, you're just so successful and everything works out for you. I'm like, no, no, no. You only see the things that work out. I don't share all the times I've fallen flat on my face. Exactly. You know, like, exactly. yeah, I, I own six businesses right now that are successful, but what you, what you don't see is all the stuff I tried that didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, what was something that, that you thought would be like work and then didn't. So I had my two spas at that time. So now I have four and then I have my cosmetic company, my mentorship, and then my public speaking wow. uh, and then the, and, and the jewelry line. So I guess that's a little bit more than five, but, um, I, opened a clothing store okay. with a, another girl and it was like unreal. We got everything ready. And like a month before we were supposed to open, I was like, what am I doing? I don't want to work. I I'm, this would be my third business now. I'm like, I don't want to work 40 hours a week again, yeah. starting from zero. I feel like this is a step backwards. And so it did break her heart a little bit in the moment where I had to be like, I'm so sorry, but I can't go yeah. forward this is your dream. You need to do this. Now she's extremely successful. Her store is incredible. Amazing. I'm so proud of her. I love her to death. I consider her one of my very good friends, but it was a fail. For, it wasn't the right thing it for me. It wasn't it for just, you. No, it, and it ate away at me. And there's a difference between it being scary yes. and being wrong. Yes. So when I was opening my second location, I would like have anxiety attacks. I'd be like, oh my God, am I making a mistake? Like, what am I doing? But I wanted it more than I was scared of it. And there's a difference between just being scared and actually trusting your gut that it was the wrong decision. And I just knew that it was a step backwards for me and it just wasn't right. And I, now I look back and think, God, that I made that decision because yeah. I, I would, would not be where I am right now. Wow. That's awesome. I yeah, love that. I love that you wrong. go with your gut. That's like, yeah. that's where I always, I, my mom has always told me like, what does your gut, what does your gut say, Jess? Or like, how does your stomach? Cause I always like, I'm always like, oh, my stomach doesn't like this. And st- I don't yeah. know. And so, yeah. Trust your gut. That comes with relationships. Uh, if you, I remember my dad said this to me once too. And my dad was a very, very educated, very wise man. He just also was an addict or an, yeah. an alcoholic. Cause I always hate that people just assume he was like this villain. Cause he was a wonderful human. He just was a really struggling addict. Um, yeah. But he taught me that like, if I have to convince myself or talk myself into this being a good relationship or uh, 
like I wanted the relationship more than I actually like I wanted the person the to be person, what I wanted them to be yes. it's not that's not the right feeling and he said yes. you stop looking at them you look at you and I was never doing that I was always like well they're not doing this and he's not making me happy and he's not doing yes. this he's not and I never stopped to go like I, you sh you shouldn't have to do those things you should just feel happy. comfortable and yes. happy yeah no yes. one else is going to make you happy either like no guy no man no friend can nope. have that power and if you're nope. looking for that you're never going to get it you're never going to find it in another person you can only find it in yourself and that's why in all my darkest moments I've had to turn things around for myself because I recognized that no one was picking up the pieces for me the only person yes. that was gonna had control about whether I was going to be happy or not was me and I needed to decide to choose every single day to try to be happy yeah oh that's and amazing. it was an, it was an effort before it became normal oh for sure and it's and a lot of people get so intimidated or overwhelmed they think they need to start in big like big transformations but what they don't yeah. realize is it's little things every day starting to value you like yeah i say it a lot but like my journey started by just like making my coffee the way i love it every single morning cuz i was yeah. worth that extra 5 minutes you know and, and it's your life. You get to decide what path you go. It's totally. not for anybody else. Exactly. Nothing oh. you do, not your job, your relationships, nothing that you do when you're laying on your deathbed someday that you look back on is going to be about like how you did something right for that person or that person. You're going totally. to be like, I wish I would have spent more time with that person that I love. I wish I would have talked more with that person. I wish I would have traveled more. I wish I would have. Yeah. You know, and it takes a long time for most people to recognize that I think because yeah. for me for me it took a lot of heartache before yeah. I realized like the only person that can change this is me yeah I know I can't wait for some like knight in shining armor to come in and pick up the pieces for me like I have to be me and I'll find the right person that loves me for all of my faults too yes and you show up as you are and if they don't love yeah. you that for that then then they're not the right person. Just like your dad, you know, like if my they're trying husband, to change you, then that's absolutely. not good. People always say like, how does your husband feel about like, you know, how you are with business and like, cause I'm a, yeah. like, I do, I, I'm on my own program. Let me say that. Totally. <laughs> um, and I always just say like, he, he, he would never even consider trying to change my direction because that's what he loves about me. He says that all the time. Like, it's, it's who you, that's who you are, like to your core. Totally. I don't, I don't want to be with you if you're not you. Oh, I love that. And he also, I always say he knows who he married. Like yeah. he knows that this is what you get. Don't try to change me and vice versa. Totally. That's awesome. Yeah. So what's next? What's your, what's your next written down goal that you're hoping to? <laughs> I don't know how much of this I want to share, but, um, oh, okay. I, I, no, no. I always, I'm always a big dreamer. I always will be. Um, I'm I going on that. tour with Caitlin Bristow. I know. Like Unreal. You're going to come. I'm going to try to get you tickets. Yes. So you can come. Okay. Yes, you can be, you can be my guest, my guest. Yay. Where, where, what, what you must be closest to what, what city would you be closest to on the tour? Vancouver. Vancouver. Yeah. Vancouver. Okay. So you're yeah. coming. You'll be, you'll be my coming. Yay. So uh, it's myself, Caitlin Bristow, and Dr. Jody Carrington. Cool. And then Lisa Webb is the organizer of it all. And then the uh, Sister Brown are, are kind of hosting it all. And so that's exciting. And that's going to be amazing. And I'm really excited for that because I I did my little Edmonton Calgary tour with Jillian Harris. And that was incredible. And she's, by the way, the sweetest freaking person in the world. If you yeah. ever get to know her personally, like 
she <sighs> genuinely has the biggest heart like oh I love that yeah that's so like good she, to know right she's like you, no, see people. you just never know if a celebrity is totally. like what they, she is she is the girl that if you poured your heart like she'll have tears in her eyes she genuinely is the kindest soul that's all that's I can awesome. think like she's just she's been so wonderful to me and I'm I'm so grateful oh I um, love that so yeah I have a couple more business plans <laughs> of course um, you do. yeah I do I want to branch Lee Canada quite a bit bigger I want to go grander with it I want to uh start distribution and wholesale and in a grander way um Good my mentorship you. I'd like to do, there's myself and I have another mentor partner that does mentorship as well. And I'd like to expand that and yeah. launch off into more like have an HR department and have um, to go and help businesses. Because the reason I started mentoring and the reason I started public speaking were never to be a job, never. Yeah. And it was never my goal to public speak again. Like I said, I had a social anxiety, like yeah. so bad. And totally. I still to this day, and I've stood on stage a million times and I've had like people stand up and give me standing ovations. And I still am like, why would anyone want to hear this story? Like, yeah. am I, it's like that, um, imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome. Exactly. Yes. I'm like, who wants to like big deal, Jess, you like made it through I, some hard stuff. Like everybody until I've seen the, I, until I've seen the, the actual impact that it's made and that fuels me. So totally. I'll tell you a story about that in a minute about why, like how, why I decided to public speak because yeah. of changing someone's life. There's a, a little story about that. And then mentoring, I was doing it anyway. People were like, hey, Jess, can I just like pick your brain for a couple minutes? And I was doing that. I was going for lunches and drinks and all the time to the point where yeah. it was pulling me away from my business. And I couldn't really help them. I couldn't really focus on it. It was pulling me away from my own, you know, focus. And then I recognized my value. I'm like, I have, I had to fail so many times yeah. before I learned to do that. And then I just gave that to that person and totally. took all this time out of my own day. And I thought if I can help other people and have more money to be able to give back, yeah, then it's a win-win for me. And so almost everything I make when I uh, public speak and mentor goes into like what I call my bucket. And then at the end of the year, we donate, like we donate so much in a year. That's and amazing. so to, to lots of different things that are important to me yeah. and to lo local community clubs. Like last year we raised, uh, $70,000 for my hometown rink because the rink was like not sorry last year and the year before combined we had two events two charity events like two cabarets with like musician and a comedian that's amazing and you know helped fix the rink like it's the little it's not one specific like breast cancer my best friend passed away from breast cancer so we definitely donate back to that I have another best friend that, uh, that passed away from ovarian cancer so we donate back to that uh, my stepmom commit suicide so that's where the mental health side of things yeah. came from and that's why I decided to donate back to the Canadian mental health, not only just my own mental health, but yeah. I watched her struggle with it and then die. And so um, there's just all these different reasons why I want to do that. And I thought if I can mentor and make profit and I can public speak and I can profit from it a little bit, that gives me more in the bucket to give back. That's amazing. So that's why, that's why I do that. And also I have to help people. I was doing it anyway, because I couldn't. Yeah. I just couldn't not help people. I had to be there for them. I had to like, my dad always used to say, hey, this is one line and I use it in all my speeches. Um, sometimes in life, some people just need a little help. And if you can help them, then you should. And oh. he used to say that all the time. And I always think of that, like my little bit of help might be what completely changes their direction. Totally. So to be able to do that well, I had yeah. to start charging. 
so that's how I started mentoring public speaking. Never in a million years, like I said, would you have ever thought I would do this? So I actually, my friend that passed away from breast cancer was a teacher. Yes. Um, she was 38 when she passed away. She asked me to come and speak to her school because the kids were really struggling with like adversity and lots of addictions and mental health and all these different things and drugs. And um, I was like, oh, I don't think I can do that. Like, and she's like, just please, like you're the only person I know that's been through it and back. Like, I feel like you can really help these kids. So totally. I did, I cried pretty much the whole time. <laughs> but that's what started. These kids kept reaching out to me they kept writing me letters and saying like, thank you so much. You gave me courage to like, know that I could do something with my life someday. Like my parents are this, my dad's an addict, my mom, you know, different things, different pains. Wow. And I was just like, wow, like I actually help these kids. I should do it. You know? And then I got asked again and kind of spread between the school systems. And I started speaking in high school. That's how it kind of started. And then I did a women's event, a small women's event. And they asked me some questions and I, it was a very small private event. And I just said, you know what? F it. I'm going to just tell that everything I'm going to like, I don't care. I'm past the point of being judged. I'm just going to share everything. And I was so raw and shared some of the yeah. like really, really bad stuff that happened in that abusive relationship. And, um, that was it left the event. Didn't think anything of it. And, uh, I started, I kept speaking at little events and doing things all over the country and it was good. And I liked it. And then yeah. one day, one day I was working at my front desk at the spa, which I don't do very often, but I happened to be up there. And this lady came in and she said, um, you don't remember me to you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I meet so many people at events. Yeah. I am, I've been traveling all over Canada. I'm like, I, I, you look familiar, but I'm like, I'm so sorry. I can't remember you. And she put her hand on my hand. This was pre COVID obviously. And yeah. <laughs> um, she's got tears in her eyes. And she said, Jessica, you changed my life. And I said like, well, what do you mean? And I still not connecting. I'm like, she's like, I don't know if you remember, but you spoke at this little event. She said, I was in an abusive relationship for 35 years. I left that night and said, if a 15 year old girl can get on a bus by herself and she has the balls to leave her abusive husband at 19 or 20, I can down well do so too. She said, I packed my bag and I left the, that night, the night that I met you. And oh she God. said, every, every night, when I go to bed, I thank God. And I thank you every night when I go to bed, I thank God. And I thank you. And I'm like, I don't even know who this woman is. I'm like, I just oh sat there with tears in my eyes. And she said, you, you changed my life. And I'll never, I'll never forget that. It still like gives me like goosebumps. She, Oh, I want to, and now she's amazing. like living her best life. She's happy. And she, I still see her. I, we don't, we don't say much. We just smile at each other. I'll give her a hug or yeah. whatever, but that was it. That was the moment where I was just like, you really don't know the impact that you could have on someone's life. Totally. By just sharing good, your story. Good or bad. Yes, exactly. And, and so I just was like, that woman's life changed because I had the courage to share my heartache. Yes. And totally. that was it. And now I just don't care. And now I'm just like, I'll tell it from the rooftops. And if it helps one person in that room, then it's then it. that's yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, you've changed. You've definitely changed my life. Oh, you're so sweet. I I just feel like you're on like such a, like, I, I've said this to you multiple times when we've chatted, but I feel like you are just on the verge of like your, your future. Like you don't even know the potential you have yet. I feel Thanks, like you're yes. going to just, you're going to do big things. You just have to stop worrying about everybody else's judgment because yes, when you're successful and that you're doing what they're going to judge you anyway. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I want my name in their mouth. Right. 
they, they don't care that much. They're going to talk about you and then they're going to talk about me five seconds later. So totally. And, and my dad also, also used to say this, happy people don't go around being assholes to other people. Yes. I like, love it has that. Nothing, it has nothing to do with you. Totally. I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jess. You're welcome. Oh, that's going to be the, this whole thing. Just like, I'm just like in shock right now. Like just everything talking yeah. to you, you're just so inspiring and it's, yeah, it's so incredible. Sweet. And it's funny because, you know, I sit in the position where I go like, my life is inspiring to somebody because we sit in our own shame and we see all the failures and we, we yes. rarely recognize, you know, the positives. And for me, now I just know because I've heard, I've had people come back and be like, you changed my life or you helped me or you inspired me to do this. Otherwise I would still be like sitting in my own, my own shame. And so there's days where I have hard days too, still like there's still days where even during this pandemic, I'm like, I, we were robbed my two businesses because yeah. only, I swear to God, this would only happen to me. I was robbed twice in the same night, two different locations. One was a staff member and she stole we figured out close to $20,000 cash over a significant amount of time. Somebody I trusted very, very dearly. Uh, we thought it was someone else turned out to be somebody else. And I was oh so gosh. gutted. I was so gutted. It, it knocked me off my feet and I, I couldn't get out of bed. I was just like, what is the point? I create careers. I do all these, try to do all these good things in my community for someone that I trust to just yes. take it all away. I was working so hard to make money, to be able to give back. And for someone to just take, I just felt so defeated and so betrayed. I bet. And I still had that dark moment and I had to decide, I had to remind myself of the positives. I read, yeah. I went back and re read people's feedback from that. I'd helped. I read people that I've mentored their notes saying, thank you so much. You gave me inspiration. I read the people saying like, like the lady that left her bad yeah. marriage. Um, she always sends me like a Christmas card or like a birthday thing saying like, you know, you changed my life. And I read that stuff to remind myself like why it's important to see the good and why it's important to continue to look for the light. It's I not just going to be like, Hey, I'm good. It's, you have yeah. to dig a little. You do have to dig a little. It doesn't just yeah. come to you. That's amazing. You to, That's really good have, advice. You have to choose. You have to choose you to look for it. You have to choose. It's so yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can choose to wallow, you know, and, and sit in your pain or you can choose yeah. to get, to get back up. Yeah. And for me, I just feel so much better once I get back up. And I, now I know that. So I'm like, I yes. don't want to get up and go work out or go for a run or eat healthy and go visit with my friends. I don't want to do that in the moment, but I know that once I do, it will feel better. Yes, totally. And so I did those things. Uh, and that it, now I just have retrained, rewired my brain, rewired your brain. Yeah. I love that. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, I won't take up too much more of your time, but no. thank you so much, Jess. You're welcome. It was so good to chat with you. It was I'm so excited so that we good. finally got to finally got to actually meet, kind of. Yeah, I know, kind of. I can't wait yeah. to give you a big freaking hug. Oh, though. I know. I'm like, <laughs> COVID rules better be gone by the time I yeah. Meet. Well, I'm hugging I'm you whether you like it or not. So, oh, good. I'm going today this afternoon. So, yeah, awesome. Yay! So yeah. we can hug. Totally. <laughs> you awesome. are just the sweetest and I'm so excited for you and I'm so excited to see what you do in the future you're gonna Thank do great you. things and help a lot of people right back at you okay I'll talk to you soon sounds amazing bye bye, -bye.